Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Good morning! It is Friday, February 24th. It is six minutes after nine. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Big show for you today because it's Friday. We are going to allow you to be the star for an entire hour. Stay with us until 11 o'clock because we are going to feature you. But first, we begin the show talking about Pete Buttigieg. You know, he was scheduled to meet with community members, talk with investigators who were present at the uh, derailment. He said, I'm amazed by the resilience and decency of the people of East Palestine after meeting them here and visiting the wreck site. At one point during his speech, he said, I lost my train of thought. Maybe a bad choice of words. But then he went on to say how the people of Ohio need to be hugged. We need to wrap our arms around them. However, he failed to do that. He didn't do that the entire time he was there. But uh, the residents there, they were they were pressing the officials on the long-term health concerns. They expressed their mounting distrust. All of this happened at a town hall meeting that was held. Okay, so this was a complete disaster. Mm-hmm. By all measurable standards, you mentioned the gaffe about lost my train of thought. That is probably going to, uh, now he's Buttigieg, so the Democrats may actually cover for him, but that is probably going to hurt him for a very, very long time. I mean, it is. it should be one of these things that lives in infamy mm-hmm. of political gaffes, but again, he is a Democrat and he is a guy they like, so unlike Rick Perry, who forgot one of the agencies he was going to cut the oops moment. I'm not sure it will hurt him as much as it hurt Rick Perry. But the, the I mean, the whole thing was a complete, you know what show yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I want to play one specific piece of audio, Casey, mm-hmm. because this is there are so many areas, so many ways we can and need to go with this, because not only does it show how what just how poorly run the Biden administration and anything Pete Buttigieg touches is, but it shows how completely untransparent our government is. And when I'm talking about untransparent government, I'm not just talking about Biden. I'm talking about government at all levels. We all remember like the thing that I, that I went through with Holcomb's people where they wouldn't respond to emails about very basic questions. They wouldn't respond when you walk the questions over. And then when they finally do respond, it's, well, it wouldn't serve Hoosiers well mm-hmm. to answer this question. I'm going through a thing in Brownsburg right now with just some unbelievable stuff. And we're going to talk about it Monday because it is so ridiculous about how they are deliberately just being deceptive in not giving information out about something that is very important to the community. So this this piece of audio is just everything that is happening in our government at all levels right now, and it is Pete Buttigieg's press secretary. So Buttigieg mm-hmm. w- is walking. The press is hounding him. He's not answering any questions. The press, either it's either this press secretary or someone with Buttigieg basically tells him, hey, duck in here. They can't really get you in here. So he goes <laughs> into this building and then the press secretary mm-hmm. is out there and she kind of deflects and goes, hey, I'd be happy to answer your questions. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. At least somebody's answering the questions. So the, the press 
goes over to her naturally and then she goes yeah but you can't you can't film me i don't want to be on camera <laughs> yeah yeah wait that's exactly what happened to you at the stacks pancake house you're right it's Todd Young all over again. I didn't even think about that until just now. Yeah. So you Turn have Turn the camera off. You have an affi- That is so brilliant, Casey. How the hell did I not think of that? I don't know. It's the same thing. It is. I was, I'll Kay- answer your questions, just not on record. That is what? unbelievable, Casey, and I didn't think about that until just now. The press secretary for Pete Buttigieg mm-hmm. is... Igor, Todd Young's <laughs> evil, awful assistant. They are the same. Maybe they hang out together. Same hiring pool. Maybe they hang out together. They get the same marching order. That is incredible. I was so focused on how deceptive and awful the Brownsburg government was to me last night. Mm-hmm. That you know, I, how I, I you forget about the Duke of I was, I was. That's how focused I've been on <laughs> that's this. That's what I'm here for, Rob. So, okay. So, we're going to play you the audio of a taxpayer, a person who earns their salary mm-hmm. from taxpayer money mm-hmm. who works for an agency head in the federal government. She is the press secretary. Yes, her jo- her it literal is her job. <laughs> yes, saying, I to will... To work with the press <laughs> to answer their questions. Listen to this. I will talk to you, but not not if you're going to film me. Press person, I can help you. Sure, I'm, I'm sure, sure, person. sure. So can, camera, can, can we ask why it took him almost three weeks to get here? I, I'm sorry, I don't want to do this on camera. What was his personal time off while there was a tragedy happening here? And can camera? we also ask, too, why it, uh, you know, he waited until President Donald Trump came here to actually make an appearance? This is a very important question that people you, across America I'm would ha- like to I'm know. I'm happy to have a conversation with you. I do not want to be on camera. Uh, well, please put the cameras yeah. away. I'm sorry, we're on a public area. Uh, so we you are allowed as press. I, you guys, I would like you guys to turn your cameras off. You're on my happy. camera. Well, I'm on a com- camera. I would like your cameras to be off, and then I'm happy to talk to you guys. Well, if you are the press secretary of the secretary of the Department of Transportation, don't you think you should be able to ask questions from the American public that Absolutely. you serve? Absolutely. I would like to do it without the camera on. Please. Can I ask why? I think that is a little bit aggressive. That's well, why. Why is it aggressive? I'm, on I'm behalf happy. of the American people, I'm just asking why he has not been here until Donald Trump He's came. Asked them. She's asked three several times for them to turn the cameras off, and they will not do it. Okay, well, they, she's been able to walk away. Would you like to go inside? I do not. I will walk this way. So can I ask what the secretary is going to do with the picture of Jenny Kerr? He took her the other day when he asked, she was asking a question about Washington, D.C. I'm happy to answer your questions. I would like you guys to not have your cameras on. I have a camera up a minute ago. Okay, okay. So, I mean, it just goes on. Like, it's, By the way, Savannah Henderson is the name of the lady who made the post. She filmed it and then mm-hmm. posted it up on Twitter. Casey, that mm-hmm. is everything. Yeah. I And good for her for not backing down. Because some people would, oh, okay, and turn their camera off. I'm curious if she would have answered questions had there not been a camera. If it were just audio, would she been okay with that? Why did she not want to be on camera? She didn't want people to know what she looks like. She didn't have the right shade of lipstick on. What's the deal? So, and again, I want to come back to, this is a problem that is much bigger than just Pete Buttigieg being deceptive and awful and terrible at his job, right? She is the press secretary here is the focal point of this. But this is a systemic issue now in government at all levels. And I had a, I had a conversation with a buddy of mine, someone I consider a friend who is in state government, who we will not name uh, again because we don't want anyone to be tarred and feathered or ridiculed for uh, openly providing Rob Kendall information about Mm -hmm. things that go on. And 
Let, why don't we take a break? Because he has a theory on why, because this is getting worse at government at all levels across this country, and why governments are now state, local, federal, mm-hmm. are behaving like this. Like we're on a need-to-know basis. Well, we're the American people. So why don't we take a break? We and need we, to know. We've got trending stories, and then I think his theory on this, and it is, I think, both spot on and very scary about why governments are behaving this way. I'd like to talk about that if yeah, that's okay. Yeah, I can't wait to hear this theory. It's coming up with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. minutes after nine. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Coming up, the theory on why government is not transparent with us. Yeah, I have a a, a friend who uh, had just a brilliant take on this yesterday. He works in government. Of course, last segment, we played this audio of Pete Buttigieg's secretary saying, well, I'll answer your questions, but not if the cameras Mm -hmm. were on. Mm -hmm. And you pointed out that is the exact same thing that I ran into with Duke of Spendingburg at the Stacks Pancake House. Mm-hmm. It's the same sort of behavior that I ran into with Lockdown McGee's office mm-hmm. when they don't answer the questions, you email them, you're very nice, you go over there and drop them off, you're very nice, and then finally you just get... Uh, they the, would not behoove Hoosiers. Yeah, they would not serve Hoosiers well. Yeah. The meeting I went to last night in which no one re- at the Brownsburg Town Council meeting where no one is refuting the facts of what I'm laying out to them with the government and involving an elected official and they just stare at you and don't give you an answer ever. They don't respond to emails ever. Like this is happening at governments all across our cities, our states, our countries. This total lack of accountability and transparency to the taxpayers and and had a buddy who had just a brilliant take on this, but first trending stories. Okay, can't wait to get to that theory. Trending this hour, NPR, they have announced they're cutting 10% of their workforce and hopefully there won't be a government bail out. You know, NPR is funded by taxpayers. So you are being taxed for someone who's providing content that you may or may not consume or agree with. Uh-huh. Also trending- Wait, wait, wait. You're being taxed mm-hmm. for something you may not consume or agree with. Mm-hmm. You mean like if someone sells their home mm-hmm. and you're not consuming any of the profits <laughs> of selling your home, but your property taxes mm-hmm. went up because someone else sold their home of which you didn't- Oh, that's amazing, isn't it, Casey? Exact There's same nothing thing. new under the sun. Exact same thing. Also trending Joy Behar. She said in a discussion about what's going on in Ohio with the train derailment, that being unsafe was what the residents of that area voted for. And you can hear the audience audibly gasp. By the way, he placed someone with deep ties to the chemical industry in charge of the EPA's chemical safety office. That's who you voted for in that district. Donald Trump, who reduces all safety. He yeah. did. Do they showed up at Do McDonald's and those voters yeah, saw but- so it's a Republican stronghold, which means the Democrats will not come to help in any way. Yeah, and she said the thing out loud, right? Yeah. That we've talked, we've had people call the show that have talked about this. We've talked about this. That had that been San Francisco or Los Angeles or uh, New York City, I mean, they would have Biden would have torn a hamstring, which probably doesn't take much these days. Sprinting. I think or, he did that falling up yes, the stairs. Or in this case, shuffling mm-hmm. to get there as fast as humanly possible. Mm-hmm. But because it's a state mm-hmm. it, it, that is not going to go for Democrats, it's a area that is not going for Democrats. Well, 
We'll get there when we get there. Yeah, when the time is and right. And she admitted it out loud. Yeah, she did. Finally trending, Netflix has announced Quarterback. This is a new docu-series. It followed around Patrick Mahomes, Kirk Cousins, and Marcus Mariota this season. And the docu-series is the first project where Netflix and NFL films work together. I believe Peyton Manning is involved. The quarterbacks were mic'd up for every game, and this docuseries will be out this summer. All right, so last segment, as we said, we talked about, we played you the audio of Pete Buttigieg's press secretary in Ohio. Buttigieg is getting hounded by the press. They say, hey, duck in here, and he goes into this building. Mm-hmm. Press secretary says, hey, I'm happy to answer your questions. Great. Mm-hmm. Then the caveat, but you can't film me doing it. Yeah. A public official who makes her living with our tax money, in a, they're in an official capacity responding to a national tragedy, mm-hmm. and her response is, I'll give you the info, but you can't record me giving you the info about what we're doing as your public servants with your public tax dollars. It would have been... Uh- Less of a story had she just went and answered. Sure. But instead, she had to say, I don't want to be on camera. And now that's the story. Why not? And it's part of a systemic issue across this country. It's across the state where these government officials don't fear anyone or anything or they don't do anything. I mean, like there's nothing you can do to make people do the most basic stuff anymore primarily have the just just an inkling of transparency and i mean i talked about like that meeting last night i went to in in brownsburg i've been for two months Mm -hmm. i haven't been talking about it on here have Mm -hmm. i no because people all the time say well you got to change your style people aren't going to talk to you because well you you just blast it all over the radio you'll manipulate you'll spin people nobody wants to work with you said great this is a very serious issue going on in my town so for once because I know it's not going to get me anywhere. But for once, just to prove these people wrong, I'm going to take the approach that people say to take. I have at the public meetings asked the questions. I have sent emails to the elected officials, the management of the town, the attorney of the town. I've quietly done all the things that people say, well, this is the way you have to do it so that the elected officials will want to deal with you. (laughs) And I have received nothing in two months Mm -hmm. and went to the meeting again last night and they just stare at you. And it is a thing that happens all across this country where these people are going out of their way to be as deceptive and untransparent as possible. And so I have a buddy last night who I was talking with. I said, man, it is so depressing what is going on because you're seeing it with people like Buttigieg's press secretary. Mm -hmm. You're seeing it with Todd Young's office. You're seeing it with Eric Holcomb's office. You're seeing it at the local level. And he had a pretty good insight. And what he said was, COVID changed everything. everything. Yes, it did. And he said really on two fronts, and this is really, really, really insightful. Number one, the lack of response from the people showed the politicians yep. that they can do mm-hmm. and say mm-hmm. and get away mm-hmm. with whatever they want. Yep. Because nothing happened yep. to any of these people. Almost all of them got real. I mean, look at this state. Eric Holcomb overwhelmingly got reelected because at the end of the day, hundreds of thousands of people who were mad and livid and upset. Okay, so you're going to vote for Rainwater, right? Well, I just, I can't, I can't, I can't risk a Democrat being in there. 
And what that showed Republicans in this state, mm -hmm. which is why I don't know we're going to talk about it here a little bit and a lot of calls, the voicemails, et cetera. You got people like Jim Lucas cheesing with the red-shirted teachers while telling property taxpayers, kiss my ass, I'm not doing anything because they don't fear you. So that's number one, right? We are to blame for this because we showed these politicians that no matter what what we what they do, mm -hmm. we as a society are going to eat. We're going to take it. it. We're going to eat it. Yeah, we are going to eat it, and we are going to accept it. So it doesn't matter how deceitful or deceptive or untransparent or whatever we are. Come at us, bra. Do you see how easy it was to manipulate us? Absolutely. Now, the second side of this, because I said, well, okay, but there's still fighters out there, right? There's still people like me who are willing to, you know, not actually, but figuratively storm the Bastille mm -hmm. to get something done. And he said, yes, but many, many people like you who were willing to fight during COVID mm -hmm. have become so deflated. And yeah. They don't have the energy to do it again. Right. Right. Like they were people who used to be super involved mm -hmm. and they tried to remain super involved. And because so many people rolled over and played dead mm -hmm. during COVID, mm -hmm. that there are so few people left like you. And so it has created such a malaise and an apathy and a disinterest and a disheartened nature in government that these politicians now know they can do whatever they want. When you've been beaten down over and over and over again, you just give up. Yeah. And, and it's like I went home last night and I'm writing in this journal to my daughter and I talked about what happened last night at that meeting. And I said, you know, I will never quit fighting. Right. You will have to remove the last breath from my body before I give up fighting for transparency and accountability and good government. Mm hmm. But there are so few people left like that that I don't know how we re-inspire a new generation of, of people. And I want her to be one of those people that does that, that is always the fighter. But I don't know, Casey, how we get people back into that mode of saying, the crap you are forcing us to eat, we will no longer not only not eat, but we will shove it back in your face. Apathy has settled in. And that kind of goes back to my point when we were discussing earlier this week, and I know we have to get to the break because Kurt Darling's sitting by ready for the news. He's a fighter. But, Kurt Darling will fight. But Marjorie Taylor Greene and her national divorce and, you know, that statement that she made, and that's that was my point, Rob, is that I don't want to hear that. There's still a little bit of fight left in me. And when you have our leader saying, nope, just national divorce we're going to give up this is the way it's going to be that doesn't sit well with me i still want people to be proud of this country and to fight for what is right and that's what irritated me about that with her all right well when we come back casey yeah we have a very special guest you, you might know the real estate market's been a little crazy right past, yeah. past couple of years <laughs> been a little wild little swingy yeah a lot of questions for mark deedle and yes. he does a fantastic job of answering them so that is next on 93 wibc where it's been kind of a wild couple years in the housing market. I've heard something about that. And by wild, I mean, like, 
you're asking yourself on an almost daily basis, what in the world is going on yeah. out there mm-hmm. as it relates to buying and selling a home? Mm-hmm. And of course, well, while we're experts at many things, real estate may not be one of them. But so we got a guy. We got a guy. So let's get to the bottom of it. Uh, let's go to the drivehubler.com hotline. Our good friend Mark Deedle joins us. Now, full disclosure, of course, Mark Deedle does advertise on the show, which makes him a brilliant man. Mark, how's it going? I am doing very well, and things are actually going well, Kendall and Casey. Okay, perfect. So let's start with this. What in the heck has been going on with this country as it relates to real estate? Have you ever seen anything like this? Uh, Well, myself personally, I have not seen anything like it. And I think probably um, people that have even been in the business longer than I have have even stated that they haven't really seen anything quite like this over the last, let's just say, 12 uh, to 14 months, let's just say. Why has the real... So take us back to kind of late 2020, early 2021, when this whole huge, big boom, crazy prices, houses selling in seconds, not even in hours, thing started happening. Why did that happen? And has anything changed since then? Well, just from a standpoint of context, let's just remember real estate as a whole is a very hyper-local business industry, so to speak. So when you're listening to people talk about what's happened over the, you know, the months or the years here, uh, obviously with the pandemic, you can listen to national stats, you can listen to state stats, you can listen to central Indiana stats, county, all the way down to township and neighborhood. So as a whole, obviously, we all know what happened in the biggest uh, in the beginning of 2020. We had a worldwide pandemic that shook everybody in a lot of different ways. Obviously, that was uh, tremendous. We had life and death situations. But when you look at people's living patterns, as that continued through 2020, it made a significant impact on how people looked at their housing. In other words, working from home, moving out and getting a little bit of space. So that alone right there created a tremendous amount of demand, Mm kind of shifted the type of demand we were looking at. And at the same time, if you look at statistically, historically, even today right now, inventory is very low. So that's really kind of economics 101, low supply, high demand, and it just really kind of took off at a hyper speed as it related to offers, uh, prices, value, uh, waiting conditions, and that kind of got us to where we ended up being probably right there around March, April, May of last year, and then that's what's created uh, the movement in interest rates, which has really created where we're at today. Mark Deedle is our guest. We're talking real estate. What's going on with, in central Indiana as it relates to real estate casing? Mark, I have a lot of questions for you, so I'm just going to fire away, okay? Is it a buyer's Absolutely. or seller's market right now? Well, let's talk about very specifically, because you got to remember, we're comparing ourselves to the last two or three years where it was an absolute huge seller's market. So let's just talk really quick. How do we how do we determine whether, in, at least in our industry, how do we determine what's a buyer's market or what's a seller's market? And we use in our industry a number called the absorption rate, which basically means the number of months of inventory on hand, active inventory, that based on the current buyer's activity mm-hmm. will be out the number of Im- the number of months will be out of inventory so let's just back up really quick casey when we were just hyper crazy we had about two weeks of inventory on hand in almost citywide now 
a buyer-seller's market equilibrium is around four months, maybe four to five months, okay? (laughs) So that tells you, and that's an indication on why it was so crazy, the number of offers on one. So where are we at today? Just a year ago, the um, I got different county numbers, but we were in that low. We were in that one, a half to maybe up to about one month. Right now, we're sitting about two and a half months. So, Casey, as you ask, it's it's more of a buyer's market now than it ever has been in the last couple of years, but it's not quite as much as a seller's market. So what we're seeing is is we're seeing that shift, kind of that shift, normalizing. People use different words. And we're becoming more much of a normal seasonal business like we always have been. Mm-hmm. I just heard somebody speaking earlier this week. Hey, when you have interest rates at two and a half and three, people are going to buy houses in January, February, December. No, it doesn't matter when. Mm-hmm. So that demand stayed kind of consistent. Well, now this year we're shifting a little bit more seasonal, and you're really starting to see kind of business start to pick up even right now as we speak. So what is the average mortgage rate that you're seeing people get right now? Well, you know, we ticked down a little bit. We're at the high of the sevens towards the end of 2022, and some things kind of happened there in January where we ticked down below six, but now we're really getting back up to around that mid-six level. Okay. Um, they're expecting Fed to increase the prime again. We're probably going to see maybe a little bit of a tick, but that danger of getting up above eight, nine, maybe even double digits, that was talked about. You know, six months ago, that's really kind of off the table. At least we hope so. Uh, Mark, Mark Deedle is our guest. Uh, you can find him at markdeedle.com. Uh, and again, full disclosure, Mark does advertise on this program. But we're talking real estate because he's one of the best in the business. Casey, go ahead. Okay, so when, there w- when things were crazy, like you alluded to a few years ago, people were making all cash offers. Houses were going within a matter of minutes, hours from being put on the market. Is that's still happening and what is the average cost of house that is selling currently well right now it's it's interesting that you asked this uh one of my listing agents Haley kopetsky she um um had several listings go live this week and everything but we had one really interesting situation out in the new pal area a home kind of in that low 200 range in the last 48 hours we've actually received 14 offers probably probably eight to probably eight to nine of those were above list now let's take that in context a little bit that's a sweet price point especially for that area like i said community neighborhood makes a difference we're hyper local but from my perspective as it related to where we were uh, a year ago we are we're not in that situation as it related to not just making all cash offers but the real the real craziness of it was people were waiting inspections. They were waiting all mm-hmm. kinds of conditions, all kinds of conditions to get more cash in the seller's pocket so they could win that offer or win that bid, so to speak. In what neighborhood, what city, you mentioned New Pal, what city is still the hot market here in central Indiana? All of them have made moves. It's interesting. When I look at all the different counties, and if I measure it by absorption rate for January of 2023, Right now, the county, the overall county with the lowest absorption rate, actually is Hendricks County. Yeah! Hmm. They haven't been to Brownsburg. There's a warehouse and a single family homes on every corner, Casey. Yeah. It's one point, just to give you an idea, Casey, it's 1.4, and last year it was 0.6. Okay, so Rob and I have uh, recently discussed how there's a lot of multi-generational trend happening. And are you seeing that among your buyers where the parents and the children are all living together, maybe uh, converting garages into more living space or just buying a bigger house or they need uh, mother-in-law suites? Is that, is that something that you are seeing pick up or decline? 
Well, I'm seeing it more, and you're actually seeing it in the community approvals. I happen to be involved with the Bartersville Planning Commission, but you're actually seeing it more, probably people my age with their elderly parents. Mm-hmm. People that are in the 50s and the 60s and zoning and things like that are changing and allowing those extra, you know, garage converted to a home. So you're seeing, I'm seeing it more that direction than necessarily, hey, I'm going to build an area for my kids to stay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so really that millennial, it's interesting you ask that because let's talk really quick about the number one buyer group right now is millennials. They have by far surpassed any other group, including the baby boomer. Yeah. And they, are, they are right <laughs> ahead of their primary buying stage. So when we're looking forward, it, the industry is incredibly optimistic from a standpoint of there's going to be a tremendous amount of demand coming forward with this millennial group. And we're still suffer, uh, suffering from uh, a shortage nationally and even locally of housing. So when you add those two things up, like I said earlier, that's just going to simply mean that the housing residential business is still a very good investment to make, whether you're doing that for generational either way or you're just doing it from an investment or you just want to get into your first home. It's still a very, very good and sound way uh, to, uh, to build wealth for an individual. So we've heard a lot about markets like Phoenix and Tampa and Las Vegas, just these markets where housing, there's just no availability and mass migration to these cities. How does Indianapolis stay? Back up nationally compared to some of these other markets. I love Indianapolis because, um, gosh, I can think maybe even 20 years ago, I was talking to a gentleman who I consider to be very wise, and he said the nice thing about Indianapolis and central, central Indiana, it never gets too crazy high, and it never gets too crazy low. So from the standpoint of Indianapolis, yeah, we've had some nice uh, influx of buyers wanting to get that quieter, uh, more local. We've had people come out of Chicago. I've helped them um, as far as they want to get into a community that is not, you know, as crazy maybe as the larger city life. So Indiana, Indianapolis, when you look across the board and really probably the Midwest, they talk about 2023 being more of the year that the Midwest is going to shine because it's much more stable. There's still a lot of affordable housing. To give you an idea, the medium sales price of a home for 2023, January, in central Indiana was $265,000, $266,000. And that's still incredibly affordable mm-hmm. when you compare it to Florida, Texas. Uh, Phoenix, when you're talking about some of those big city metro areas, obviously California and, say, Denver, Colorado. All right, Mark, before we let you go, many people may not know, uh, Mark was once in charge or partially in charge. His family was in charge of running one of the great supermarket chains here in uh, Indiana, (laughs) Mr. D's. And I'm curious, Mark, how many of those uh, Indiana University basketball uh, posters do you still have in a warehouse somewhere that are probably worth uh, a, a small fortune? Well, I don't know about a warehouse, but, uh, you know, my dad, God bless him, uh, Mr. D passed away a few years ago, and we definitely found some extra ones that we didn't know we had. So that was a, that was a fun period of time. And you were telling me, and this is so wild, everybody remembers the basketball ones because that was a great time in IU basketball history, but you were telling me there were originally football ones as well. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, I'll take a picture of one and text it to you, but they were actually larger. You know, the basketball ones, most of them were kind of smaller, but the uh, larger ones had Mallory, and, and they had some really cool ones. Uh, but we always enjoyed that. We got involved with the football program in the spring during their spring program. But, yeah, there's there's football ones out there. I love it, man. Mark Deedle, you can find him at markdeedle.com. You're the best. Thank you, my friend. Thanks so much, guys. Have a great day. Well, Rob, he was fantastic. We're going to have to have him on again because oh, I didn't get to my property tax question. Oh, yeah, that's right. Property man. taxes!
is. It is Kendall and Casey. You're listening to 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Ten minutes in front of ten. Good morning. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So the Indiana House yesterday approved the two-year budget. The vote was 66 to 29, and it now forwards the proposal to the Indiana Senate for consideration. During the discussion, the Ways and Means Committee Chair, Jeff Thompson, said he would describe the proposal budget process in one word. Opportunity. (laughs) An opportunity for what, Casey? To spend as much of our money as humanly possible and Mm -hmm. give as little back to us as humanly possible? Mm -hmm. Look, the Indiana Republican Party is old, tired people doing lazy, old, tired, uncreative people stuff. (laughs) And I'm sorry if that offends anyone in our audience, but the abuse of the taxpayer that this party year in and year out does with our money is gross. Casey, that budget is $43 billion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with a B. And when you look at, I mean, that is a disgusting amount of money. It's that a is lot a, of money. That is a disgusting, They are they are raising the budget basically five billion dollars more than five billion but i don't want to be accused of exaggerating so five billion with the b dollars over the budget just two years ago so the party that is supposed to be of limited accountable government mm-hmm. and the party that's supposed to be on the side of tax reform and tax cuts is offering almost no meaningful tax reform and is growing your government by five billion with a B dollars. Mm-hmm. And while they were at it, because, well, you know, what's a million and a half of someone else's money amongst friends? They made sure to include and keep in the million and a half dollars in raises or $15,000 per lawmaker average of raises for themselves. So Thompson said relief from uh, the property taxes is going to be addressed in House Bill 1499. Is that the 65-page bill? I believe so. That we talked with Nikki Kelly about? And and you'll know in April because he said it's going to change a whole bunch. Mm -hmm. So think about this, Casey. No matter what property tax relief they pass, Mm -hmm. like even if they did everything Rob Kendall wanted them to do, which of course (laughs) is never going to happen. You're silly. They would not get anywhere close to $15,000 in relief for you as a taxpayer. Like, if they did everything I wanted, they might be able to get you $1,000, mm-hmm. okay? And I'm just spitballing numbers here. So, even if they did a perfect plan, they are still giving themselves yeah. 15 times mm-hmm. what they would give you. Yeah. These people are so greedy, self-absorbed, and narcissistic. And it comes back to what we talked about earlier. They do it because they don't fear you because you haven't given them a reason to fear you. Yep, they do it because they can. Think about this, Casey. A half a billion dollars in this budget. 
is going to allow going directly to allow Eric Holcomb to continue to strong arm farmers like he's doing in Boone County mm-hmm. right now. A half a billion dollars of our money is going to buy land to coordinate sweetheart deals for mega corporations who Holcomb likes and well just probably coincidentally give money to his little right. war chest or whatever. Yeah. This is how our money is being used. This is how the party who claims to be of low taxes and limited government. The, the there is a I love that they um they did make it so that the income tax will be dropped by like point, point 0.4 points, not 4%, but like point 0.4 points. So I think it went from like 0.343 it was 0.33 to 0.2, 2 point, to 3.3 3 to 2.9%. So your income tax rate will go from 3.3 to 2.9 over four years now instead of seven or something like that. I mean, like that's their idea of meaningful tax reform for you. They gave themselves $15,000 average in raises and you, we'll let you know in April what you get. Yep. I hate all these people. The Ways and Means is Committee. Is a strong word? Is, is that a mean it, word? It's a very strong mean right, word. Let me try it. Let me try it again. I strongly disagree with the selfish votes of many of these people. There you go. The Ways and Means Committee, they're scheduled to vote on the budget on Monday morning. It's Kendall and Casey. It's 93 W I B C.